Welcome and happy Friday. It's September 16th, 2016, and this is Travelogue, the podcast of Condé Nast Traveler. I'm here with Lilith Marcus, who's a contributing digital editor for us, and special guest Nicole Smith, who's the founder of Flytographer. This is the second in our four-part series, Crazy Travel Jobs We Can't Believe Exist and Wish We Actually Had. And our topic for the week this week is professional vacation photography services. So, Nicole, I think maybe the best place for us to start is for you. Oh, we should clarify before we get into it that I am coming to you from Skype. I'm in the beautiful state of Massachusetts, traveling out of town. So if there's any weirdness in my voice, that's the reason why. It also means that we don't have a cocktail this week, but we will catch up and have two next week when Brad is back. You know you guys can go into my office and grab the cocktail shakers and so forth, right? It feels intimidating, Brad. It's like going into a church. I don't want to touch the wrong thing. (laughs) It is. There is a secret code. Okay. So, Nicole, why don't you tell us what is Flytographer? What do you do? So, Flytographer is an online marketplace that connects travelers with local photographers in cities all around the world. So, you know, people go on these amazing vacations, they spend a lot of money and they research the trip, and they end up coming home with these disappointing photos. So, they either take a selfie or ask a stranger and it's awkward or blurry. And so, this is the problem that Flytographer solves. How did you get into this business? Actually, I was kind of solving my own problem. I was in Paris with my best friend. This was five years ago, just for a quick work trip. I hadn't seen her in years. And we were having this amazing time walking around Paris. And we thought, we need to take a photo to capture this moment. We'll never be alone in Paris again without husbands and, and children you know, with us. And so we, you know, we took some floating head selfies and had some awkward stranger shots. And it just, you know... just wanted to delete it. So the next day we met up with a local friend of hers who I gave my iPhone to and I just said, hey, would you mind taking a few random shots of, you know, candidly while we're strolling down the street? And she got right into it. She um, would be like, you know, go up on the bridge. I'll stand on the bank. She did this for 20 minutes. And when I looked at my phone after, I literally had goosebumps because she'd chronicled the spirit of her trip in a way that would have been impossible without that third party vantage point. And I thought, this is the best souvenir I could ever bring home. It sounds to me kind of like a wedding photographer. Is that somewhere in the inspiration for this for you? You know, it's interesting because a lot of our photographers are wedding photographers and they're great storytellers. And so that's really what kind of, you know, comes along with a photographer shoot. You're telling a story. It's your vacation story. And when you guys do a shoot for somebody, what is the deliverable that you're giving them at the end of that? Is the target sort of Instagram and social media or is the target do you deliver them like a book the way a wedding photographer mm-hmm. would? Yeah, we deliver an online gallery of high-resolution photos, and then the customer can post it on social media if they choose. Most people like to print it and put it on you know, their walls back home, so people can do whatever they want with the high-res digital photos. So in our reporting about you, which happened earlier this year, you had gone up to 130 destinations worldwide, which seems mm-hmm. incredible to me. And mm-hmm. I guess I'm wondering two things. One is like, what's that journey been like from you going on that promenade on Paris and having that singular sort of personal mm-hmm. experience all the way up to having this global network of people? Mm-hmm. It's been interesting. I mean, because it's a brand new space, convincing people in the early days was really tough. And so the very first photographer that I hired, I found him on Craigslist and a friend that I know. Sounds, sounds so many right. of my favorite stories start with, I met him on Craigslist. Yeah, we got to hear about 
that. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I had a Skype call with him. I had a friend going to Paris, you know, in a few weeks to celebrate her 40th. And I just said to her, hey, you know, I've got this idea for this business. I've got this guy on Craigslist. You know, can he follow you and your husband around? Paris. And uh, she was like, yeah, sure, no problem. That was kind of the very first, you know, test case of it. And it went really well. Um, And in fact, that photographer who I found on Craigslist is our busiest photographer. He's done the most shoots ever. And he's actually in New York. I just had dinner with him last night. He's in New York visiting or he's based in New York? He's based in Paris, but he came over to shoot for Fashion Week. So, yeah. Yeah. Got it. So mm-hmm. are these people who, for whom this is kind of like a side gig, they're mostly pro photographers? Yeah, they're all pro photographers. So a big majority are wedding photographers. A lot are editorial photographers, but this is a great side hustle for them. So like on a Tuesday at six, they can go to the Trevi Fountain, meet some travelers from, you know, anywhere around the world, take a, you know, a one hour shoot with them. And one of the things that they tell us they love is being able to connect with people from different cultures and being able to walk the streets and share local tips about the city. That's part of the magic of of the experience. So it's not just getting these amazing photos, but they're telling you, you know, this is a great coffee shop or there's a street fair down this avenue. Do you look for people who are able to sort of function halfway as guides or do you look for people who are naive to the city? We look for people that Number one are obviously, you know, a professional photographer, but number two, love travel and are passionate about being hosts and showing people their city. And Mm. so they need to know, they need to to live there. And these are local creatives. So they kind of bring a really interesting spin to the city as well. Well, what I want to know is I feel like in now that we have drones, now that we have Instagram filters, I mean, I'm a terrible photographer, but I feel like I can take a couple shots of my vacation and they look pretty good on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Do you worry that that's going to cut into the business at all? People are going to say, well, now I have all these ways that I can take my own photos and I'm no Mm -hmm. longer at the mercy of walking up to a stranger and asking them to take a picture of me and maybe not steal my camera. Mm -hmm. Is that going to sort of cut what you do? You know what? I think it's because there's so many ways to take photos and they're they're not always, you know, the best quality and it's hard for everybody to actually be in the shot that we're just another choice for travelers. So for those moments that deserve more than a selfie or, you know, that sort of rush stranger shot, we bring in this, you know, new option for people. So, Lilith, you've done some reporting on this for us. I'm curious, how do you see this fitting into the trend that you are seeing across other businesses and other examples of this type of thing? Well, I definitely think that the popularization of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, less so with Twitter since it's less visual, everything now requires a photo shoot. It used to be that engagement photo shoots were really uncommon and you would just wait for your wedding and that's the time that you would have the really beautiful photo of you guys together as a couple. And now most wedding photographers include it as a bare minimum part of the package. I've had so many friends tell me, I wasn't sure I wanted to do an engagement photo shoot, but it was included in the price and I felt like I had to. Or they get inspiration from Pinterest and decide that instead of just posting a Facebook note that says, hey, we're having a baby, they have to do a cutesy photo shoot with a pair of baby shoes and a pair of adult shoes next to each other and a little slate that tells you in the baby's So I think as we move to find new ways to mark milestones in our lives, suddenly we have the option to add a photo component to all of that. Yeah, and I I don't remember if this was in your reporting or if this came from sort of third-party sources, but there are whole tour organizations that will package this with your vacation, you know, as they're putting a vacation together. Nicole, does that ever come up with you? Do you ever have people saying, look, 
I just want my own personal cinematographer. Can you have somebody follow me throughout my trip? You know, most of our shoots are about an hour, so we're not following people around for their whole trip. It's We usually encourage them to do it at the beginning of the trip because then, you know, first of all, their clothes aren't wrinkled, and second of all, <laughs> um, they can learn really interesting tips from the local photographer, you know, that they can then carry on and use in the rest of their vacation. And I did have one photographer, Sasha Chow, who's based in New York City, and she works independently. She really wanted to get into the business, and because she's fluent in Mandarin Chinese, kind of zeroed in on a very specific market of Chinese speakers coming to New York City. And in their case, a lot of them weren't necessarily comfortable speaking English or it was their first time in the U.S. and they were a little intimidated about how to get around. So she was able to incorporate that element of, oh, well, I speak the same language as you, so you'll feel comfortable with these photos. And also afterward, I can point you in the direction of somewhere that you can go and that you might not have Mm -hmm. discovered on your own. Mm-hmm. So they do function kind of as guides as well as photographers, personal photographers. A hundred percent. And the thing that I love about it is it's not like a canned script. So it's very authentic. It's very case by case. So people will, you know, ask questions, they'll share their insights and it flows very authentically. And I think in her case, she also mentioned that being able to think on her feet was really important because people would come up with last minute requests that they hadn't necessarily thought of ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But maybe they'd already been in New York for a few days and suddenly they they changed their mind and they didn't want a Brooklyn Bridge photo shoot because they saw a million people doing Brooklyn Bridge photo shoots. And instead they wanted a more gritty urban cityscape kind of feel, or they wanted to be on a cobblestone street. So suddenly, even though they'd already agreed to meet somewhere, she needs to know the city well enough that she can say, oh, great, let's go three more blocks this way. I know a great little alley that's cobblestone and won't have a lot of people walking down it. We can take photos there. And she needs to be able to do that right away. It feels to me like as though in the Instagram era, let's put it that way, this idea of photography, which has always been connected to travel, has become much more of a part of the travel experience itself, you know, because you can get such immediate feedback. How do you guys see this? And Nicole, in particular, I'm wondering how you see this dialogue happening with your customers. How are they thinking about photography fitting into their travel experiences? We do these stories that I always think are really kind of funny and interesting where it's like the most Instagrammed restaurant in New York City, the most Instagrammed spot in the Grand Canyon, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Are you finding people coming to you with this expectation or is it more about their own personal sort of uh, themselves, their family, whoever they're traveling with? I mean, I think there's definitely a mix. A lot of our customers are traveling because there's some sort of special occasion attached to it. So we see a lot of people proposing abroad, honeymooners, multi-gen trips. And so they've finally got everybody together. They're going to this incredible destination. What we hear that they want to see a lot is those iconic things in the backdrop. But I would say about a quarter of our customers want to see the gritty off the beaten path thing. And so, you know, some of them are going to want to share it on Instagram and social media, but a lot of them want something they can actually put up on their wall and create something that's tangible versus, you know, a a sea of mediocre selfies, you know, trapped in their iPhone. But I think it has a lot to do with obsession with celebrity culture. I mean, we live in a world where not only it used to be really unattainable. You would see a celebrity walk on stage at the Oscars wearing some amazing evening gown, but it was never something that you were going to do or something that you could afford or buy. Now I know where every celebrity buys everything that they own. I can probably Mm -hmm. click straight through from a photo and buy whatever it is that they're wearing or carrying or holding. Mm -hmm. And that makes me wonder why I also can't look like them. So I think it's that same sort of notion where people say, wow, 
one of the stories that I did focusing on this kind of photography was about Taylor Swift's vacation photos, which yeah. were clearly staged. They weren't casual <laughs> photos that she took with her friends. They were wearing matching outfits. Everything in the photo was coordinated. It had been art directed basically to death. And they looked great and they got shared everywhere. And people started thinking, well, I wish I could be like her. One way that I can get that is I might not be able to go to the same amazing resort as her, but how could I get photos where I look like that? Lily, did you see, this is completely, well, not completely off topic, but did you see that a couple of those had been taken down? Yes. This right. Well, the, it turns out when you break up with the dude you're in all of those staged <laughs> photos with, you still don't care how hot you looked. No kidding. Okay. <laughs> Nicole, do you get any of, does that ever come to you? Do you ever get clients coming to you and saying like, hey, I want to recreate this thing that I saw in celebrity culture or in some other kind of media somewhere? Not as often as you might guess. You know, I was going to share one photo with you guys. This is a dad that took his three sons to uh, London to watch a football game, and he's an obsessive Beatles fan. And so he really wanted to recreate the Abbey Road album cover. And so we get, you know, customers that come and say, you know, yeah, we'd, we'd love to sort of create this particular moment. But I think most people, for us, it seems to be a little bit deeper than that. They're really looking to capture, you know, a beautiful shot with beautiful backdrop that takes them back to their vacation memory and moments forever. So, I mean, that's what we're seeing for the most part. And if I can about the Abbey Road, um, on behalf of my cousin Naomi, who has to pick her children up from school by going down Abbey Road every day, she really wants everyone to stop with those photo shoots. <laughs> she wants everyone to stop. <laughs> yeah, because she has to drive there yeah. like four times a day to pick her kids up from school and drop them off. And it's driving her crazy because pedestrians have the right of way. So oh, this is just her own yeah. personal bugaboo. But I thought, mm -hmm. you know, hey, Naomi. But I think that's like it's kind of touching that particular example, mm -hmm. you know, like the father mm -hmm. and the three sons to me that mm -hmm. I, maybe it's just because I'm a dad. But like that yeah. feels that feels sort of touching, like he's connecting his kids with a piece of his own mm -hmm. history, probably, and a piece of culture that means something to him. Mm -hmm. And that feels different to me than saying like, hey, Taylor wore this thing, you know, yeah. and, and went into this place. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but that's what it feels like. Well, when I was growing up, uh, I definitely got the travel bug from my dad. And even if it was just a weekend trip or a museum in our city that we'd never been to before, my dad was really adamant that we would always go places. And he had a rule that you could never take a photo of just a thing or a place unless there was a person in it. And his mentality was, hey, I have to pay to develop this film. I want proof that we went there. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you think this place is so beautiful and just want a photo of it, get a postcard because those people are professionals and it will be better than anything we take. So I actually went through a phase for years where I never had myself in vacation photos as almost a rebellion against all of that because I always felt so weird and I was going through mm -hmm. my awkward stage. I didn't want to be in a picture. I thought I looked like a dork. And for years, I mean, even now, I rarely take pictures of myself on vacation because I feel so liberated that I can just take pictures of things if I want to. That's a liberation for you. You feel yeah. like Mm -hmm. Because as a kid, I have so many memories of being like corralled in front of a camera when I really didn't want to be. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't ever on my own terms. And sometimes I didn't feel like getting my picture taken, but I had to. So now as an adult, if I don't want to be in the picture, I don't have to be. And I find it really freeing. Nicole, do you ever get people just wanting like great photography, not necessarily of themselves? Like, hey, take a picture of the Sphinx and make it really professional. You know, not that often, but occasionally we've had customers do that. And sometimes the photographer will just throw in an incredible city shot into their gallery just, you know, as a bonus. 
Yeah. Are you getting a lot of requests for video? Is that something that your network will do? We're not doing video, but we do get asked about it a lot. It's something yeah. that we'll, you know, we'll keep in mind, but we really want to focus on doing one thing and one thing really well. And I think video is its completely own beast. One thing that I am dying to know, because I do know a few people who have hired services like Flightographer mm-hmm. for a lot of what you talked about, like the special occasion stuff. I knew a guy who hired a photographer and surprised his girlfriend. They were hiding behind a bush when he was proposing yeah. so that he could get photos of it. But he had actually made her best friend take her out for manicures the day before so mm-hmm. she could have her nails done. Mm-hmm. And she didn't figure out why, obviously, mm-hmm. until the photographer showed up. How often do you get people who do hair, makeup, like put on their favorite outfit, like change clothes multiple times, make it like a proper magazine photo shoot? Not very often. I'd say for proposals, what we try to do is, you know, suggest to um, the guy, for example, if he's proposing, tell her you're going out for a really nice dinner so that she does her hair and has a nice outfit on. Um, So just, you know, kind of prepping it that way. But again, it's really the people that are booking us. It's more sort of heartfelt, emotional moments like, you know, this mother and daughter were volunteering on the Mercy ships and then they had like a layover in Paris and they wanted to go to their favorite bookstore because the mother's never in the photo. She's always the one, you know, she's the, you know, the memory chronicler, not the, you know, so it's a lot more that kind of thing than people trying to look flashy and, and trying to look, you know, like a celebrity. How elaborate do things get? What's the most elaborate sort of staging that you've had if you get that sort of thing? Well, one of the ones we did recently was a surprise proposal in front of an, a waterfall in Iceland. And that was Oh my gosh, I was at a proposal in front of a waterfall in Iceland and I felt so bad cuz the dude got water splashed in his face the entire time. Like there was just so much mist coming off the waterfall <laughs> that no matter where he stood like it was it was amazing and uh-huh. hilarious and I hope they are very happy together. But did he or she say yes? She sure did. Yeah. Okay. She sure did. Okay. And what about, do you get uh-huh. people who ask for more adventure stuff? I mean, are there people who want their photo taken jumping out of an airplane? No, we haven't had, I don't know. We've done skiing. So we've had people, you know, that are on the, on the mountain. So we have some photographers that ski. And so we're open to ideas of people, you know, and the local photographer is game to jump in. But for the most part, it's taking people off the beaten track to like, you know, interesting parts of the city or those classic iconic landmarks that a large majority of people want to see. Does it tend to be heavily urban then? I mean, I was wondering when I was looking at this earlier, like Mm -hmm. out of that 130, what are the busiest kind of like most active places that you guys do this? Yeah. So we've actually grown to 190 cities now. Oh, Um, my God. That's incredible. That was three months ago, four months ago. I know. I know. Our busiest cities are the classic Paris, New York, um, you know, London, Rome. We do a lot of shoots in Bali. That's a really popular destination. Iceland's huge for us right now. Cape Town. So it depends on where the city is. And so if it's in like a Paris, it's, you know, it's typically within the city. Most photographers will travel outside the city center if they want to do a shoot. So if we're in Tuscany, they'll go out to like, you know, the villas or the countryside. But most of them are in the urban core or they're on beaches. And, you know, we do it that way. So what's the sort of impetus if it's not necessarily an occasion, there are a lot of ways that you can take your own photo, maybe even just by setting up your own camera or by taking a selfie or asking a passerby. Those options don't cost money. Mm -hmm. So what's the impetus to spend, say, $350 on one of these packages when there are now a lot more technological options than ever? 
I think it comes down to priorities. So people spend a lot of money on vacations, whether they're you know doing activities or buying stuff. And I think a lot of people are kind of moving away from buying stuff and wanting more experiences. And I think this is not only giving you you know a guaranteed incredible professional photo, but you're also rubbing elbows with the local and learning tips. And so it's kind of the mix of both. So a lot of times customers will come to us the first time for a special occasion like a honeymoon. But then we find they come back again and again. We have a lot of repeat business because it's like they have this built-in local friend. And so they, you know, they go to a new city, they'll meet with a photographer on like one of the first few days. They'll get the lay of the land from them, get some amazing memories, and know they can put their phone away and not be staring through an iPhone their whole trip trying to chronicle everything. They can actually say, I've got my memories taken care of, you know, pull it out occasionally, but it kind of allows them to say, okay, that's covered. That almost, to me, seems like the greatest benefit of this at all, like leaving aside the the professionalism of the photography itself. It's sort of taking that piece of your brain and shutting it down so that Mm -hmm. somebody else is kind of handling it for you. Mm -hmm. Because hasn't that become like, I don't know, Lily, how you feel, but I feel like that's become a thing I think about when I'm traveling now. And certainly like my wife thinks about it, you know, my other members of my family are thinking about it. Like, is this an Instagrammable moment? Should I be taking a picture now? Do I need to post? Do I have enough Wi-Fi to post? All these things kind of come up and up. And and Well, it's not like any of that is my job. So no. You know, I will say one reason that I became a journalist is because I have a terrible memory and my instinct was always to constantly write things down because I was terrified of forgetting them. So when I got my first camera, the reason that I think my dad and I clashed on our styles of travel photography was that I was scared I had finally gone to Paris and I was going to forget what it looked like. So for me, I was obsessed with, I wanted to take a picture of every cafe that we went to, of every book that I saw in a stall, of every bridge that we walked over. For me, at that point, there wasn't social media yet. I wasn't even concerned about showing it to friends when I got home. It was really that I wanted to make sure that for the rest of my life, I would still know what France looked like. Yeah. I have a funny story about that. So when I was in Italy two years ago, I was in the Sistine Chapel and you go inside and there's, you know, there's lots of people there. And I would say half the people in there were looking at the Sistine Chapel, like looking at it through their iPhone. And you're not even supposed to take photos there. And so the police would, you know, constantly be like, you know, no phones, no phones. But it just it struck me that moment that, you know, you're here. You're not going to take a photo with your iPhone indoors. It's going to look better than anything that's already on the Internet. But they weren't just sort of soaking up the moment. They were, you know, obsessed with capturing it through their iPhone. Do your photographers shoot on, do you have photographers that shoot on film, actually, or are they mostly digital photographers? We have a lot of photographers that do do film, but not with us. Everything's digital with us because we have a fast turnaround. Okay. What, what is the turnaround? What's, how does we, that look like? Yeah. So we get the photos to the customer in five days or less. And what's the back and forth between the customer and you guys look like in terms of like figuring out what the locations are going to be, mm-hmm. what the occasion's going to be? How does that look? Yeah, so we have a concierge team in Victoria in our in our head office, and the customer will work directly with the concierge to sort of determine what part of the city they want to you know shoot in. So we have lots of photos and routes pre-established in our top cities. So we can say, well, you know, here's Il Saint Louis if you want to go shoot there, or Times Square, or Dumbo, etc. And so the customer will, will look at the photos, determine what neighborhood makes sense for them, and then they get connected with the photographer to answer any kind of last-minute questions. And then they meet up and they do the shoot at the, at the mm-hmm. location. Yeah. They and c- they're still they're they're still. In the- 
negotiation that can happen there. Like, oh, maybe we do it here. Maybe we do it there. Yeah, that happens a lot. So people will come to the city and, you know, they might change their mind about like your example earlier where they want to do the shoot because, you know, they were there for a couple of days and they found a place that they liked better or, you know, on the fly during the shoot. Sometimes they might say, hey, let's go down here and, and explore this area a little bit more. So, Nicole, you mentioned the Sistine Chapel, and I'm really glad you brought that up. We did a story a while back about places that are banning photography. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's only selfies that they ban, especially if there's concern about like safety and people walking mm -hmm. backwards on things that don't have safety railings. But there are places that ban photography. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. The Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam, I think, mm -hmm. is one of the, I can't remember if it's the Rijksmuseum, but it's one of the big mm -hmm. Amsterdam museums, the Sistine Chapel. Mm -hmm. What happens when your business bumps into something like that? We just respect the laws that are out there. So if there's you know, a place that doesn't accept photographers, then we won't shoot there. But how do you tell that to a client? So if the client says, but that's my dream, you know, mm -hmm. the Sistine Chapel is the number one place on my bucket list. Michelangelo is my favorite yeah. artist. I've dreamed of going here my whole life. How do you tell them that, sorry, we just can't do it? Well, we just kind of... We're, we be straight with them and we're straight with them and then we offer other solutions and say, you know, here's some other places that you could consider shooting and if it's not a fit, it's not a fit, that's fine, but we're not going to go in and, and break any rules and I mean, yeah, never. Nicole, are you seeing any commonalities among the client base that you guys are developing? Like, uh, is it all young people? Is it people of the internet generation, so to speak? I mean, I don't know what that means anymore, mm -hmm. but, you know. I mean, or... the fact that you just said internet generation kind of makes me think that might not be you. <laughs> I tend to think it is me, but, but no, I mean, like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, or the social media generation. Like, who are you? Mm -hmm. Who, are you seeing any commonalities amongst these people or is it really a wide range? It is really a wide range. So we have, you know, obviously the younger couples that are going through the engagements, the proposals, the baby moons, those sort of early moments in life. We have a lot of baby boomers who are going on these bucket list trips. Oftentimes they're hearing about Flytographer through their kids who are buying it as a gift card for them because they don't know what to buy their parents. And so this way they can buy them, um, you know, memories when they're traveling. And so it's just all across the board. Have you ever had an occasion come up where you or one of your photographers just had to say, no, we ain't doing that? Yes. <laughs> Will yeah. you tell us please. what it is? <laughs> yes, please. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely, um, you know nudity for one <laughs> just a little bit kind of you know we're you know we'll, we'll step left to that um yeah so we've had a few kind of interesting requests wait, um, well, wait. <laughs> not leave nudity behind because iceland uh -huh. I, I, it's, this is not uncommon and like mm -hmm. I, and like you know um there's a well-respected tradition of nude photography right like sure sure so, how do you decide where those lines are? You know what? We don't have like we're a startup, so we don't have like a rule book. It's really case by case and just yeah. kind of, yeah, scenario based for sure. Do you ever see any potential to expand? I did a story a while ago, not for Traveler, for the Jewish Daily Forward about there was a company that specifically focused on Jewish proposals, like mm -hmm. for religious couples, and they would do everything. Maybe it was a picnic in Central Park. They would pack up the picnic basket for you, like have a photographer waiting there, like sneak the ring over so the guy didn't have to bring it. But they were expanding their business by working with photographers. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you could ever see yourselves doing, especially if, since it's so event based? Absolutely. Yeah. And we're already getting requests and doing that organically kind of one off. So it's something that is definitely on our roadmap. But how do you build that in price wise? I mean, is that add on charges in addition yes. to what you? 
Yeah, I think so, because it's case by case what people want. We recently did a proposal in the Amalfi Coast where, the, I mean, it was just it was really over the top where the, the guy um, had a picture drawn of the proposal scenario and actually shipped it to our photographers and she unwrapped it and then, he, you know, turned around and he was actually proposing in that same spot. It was just, it was amazing. And so there's, you know, there's times where we'll help out if they have a specific vision and say, here's my vision. Here's what, you know, my dream is. Can you guys help us with that? And we'll, you know, we'll do our best to help it. But in terms of like having a la carte things on our website, not yet, but it's really more case by case because everyone has, you know, different ideas about what they want to do with their proposals. And what do you see the future of this being? Do you see video as kind of the near-term future? You know, this obviously has a long legacy. If you think back to the history of travel photography, where do you guys see the evolution going? Yeah, I mean, definitely video is, is an area that's really hot right now. It's not on our roadmap right now. It You know, it can be in the future, but for us, the thing that's really exciting is continuing to capture these milestone moments in people's lives. So we have customers that did a proposal shoot with us a couple of years ago, did a honeymoon shoot last year, and then this year we're starting to see them on baby moon shoots. And so really being able to follow these customers as they you know, um, uh, go on their journeys. So for us, it's really just growth and getting the word out there about what we're doing. And um, I think in the industry, yeah, you're going to see drones, you're going to see video, but we're really laser focused on vacation photography specifically and really, you know, making this something that people understand is is a really wonderful thing to do. How do you think about that line between staged and authentic, right? Like mm-hmm. we hear about this a lot. We talk about this a lot in travel these days, like mm-hmm. people looking for the authentic experience. How do you guys negotiate in the moment with the client about, mm-hmm. you know, where you've crossed that line between this is actually capturing something that's very authentic emotionally and experientially versus we're really kind of constructing a reality here. And do you even care about that? Does that even matter? You know, it's really all about what the customer wants. So we have some customers that want a very specific shot in a very specific spot, and it can be more staged in that sense. And then we have other customers that just want to stroll through the market and, you know, do it that way. So there's a real mix in terms of of how it goes down. But like, I'll give you an example. A mother and daughter were in Italy recently, and they wanted to retrace the steps that her father, um, where he was during the war. And so they went to all these places that were rich with family history. And so being able to capture like photos as they were, you know, and that's this shoot right here, actually. They wanted to be able to capture those moments because there was just so much rich history behind it. Lily, we're on radio, so or we're on audio. So what, what are you looking at there? Oh, we are looking at a photo of a mom and a daughter on either side of an old school yellow roadster in Italy. It's really cute. And so they were recreating the journey that the mom's parents took coming out of Italy or? The mom's father. um, He was, yeah, he was, you know, there in in World War II. And so just kind of all the different places that he was during that time. Oh, he was a soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And That's the mom cool. is wearing super snazzy black and white pattern pants. And yeah. I just want to say that they're rad. Yeah. we, You know, she's that lady is so cool. We work with, I mean, so many interesting people and they all have like fascinating stories behind while they're traveling. And I think some of the most interesting ones we hear are when adult children travel with their parents. And, you know, it's a whole different kind of relationship and vibe that, that you capture, um, you know. But I could I could feel that going totally wrong. What if they had a bad morning and when you show up for the photo, it's like a couple fighting with each other or like a mom mm-hmm. and a daughter like sniping at each other. Like that would be so awkward. Mm-hmm. 
that's happened. <laughs> I don't, and you can tell, you can tell in the photos when there's tension, like you can see like, okay, he did something last night and it's not going down well. Um, but you know, you just do your best with, with kind of what's, what's out there at the moment. Yeah. You just, pl- you just plow through it. You just got to plow through it and, you know, throw some jokes out there, see if you can, you know, lighten, lighten the mood. Yeah. So, so I guess the moral is always have fun when you're traveling or else your photos are not going to be great. <laughs> Pretty much. They're going to capture a memory. It's just maybe not the memory that you envisioned. Although I have to say when the kids are like screaming that ugly scream, those sometimes are the best photos because they're just like, that's so real. Like it's such a real moment. It's an so action shot. It's an action shot. Yeah. Yeah. That's your authenticity right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming by. We've been talking to Nicole Smith, the founder of Flytographer. And uh, Nicole, tell us where we can find Flytographer. Yeah, you can find us at flytographer.com. And we're also on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and, you know, all the usual suspects. All as at Flytographer? And on Instagram, we're at Flytographer Insta because it was stolen and I couldn't think of a better name in the moment. So the humanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is terrible. We I have know. To do something about this. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We are on iTunes and SoundCloud. Visit us at cntraveler.com and Condé Nast Traveler on Facebook and YouTube. And we are CN Traveler on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Please tweet at us, send feedback, review us on iTunes. We really love the inputs. Lily, where can the folk find you? Besides at work, I am at Lilit Marcus, L-I-L-I-T-M-A-R-C-U-S on Twitter and Lilit Goes on Instagram. And I am at Brad Rick. Thank you very much again and have a great weekend, everyone. We are out. 